0: Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.
1: Radio. Welcome back to Southeast Radio's Business Matters with me, Carl Fitzpatrick. My final guest this morning is Taunashta Leo Radger, and Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment. Taunashta, you're very welcome to this morning's show.
0: Hi, Carl. Not at all. My pleasure.
1: Let's start by discussing the Technological University for the South-East, because I believe this week we are a step closer to its establishment.
0: Yeah, that's right. So the Cabinet decided um, that we're going to uh, press ahead with plans for a university in the South-East. Uh, So two decisions were made. Um, One was to give the go-ahead for uh, further investment in both Waterford and Carlo IT um a stem building an ict and engineering building in waterford and a science and health building in carlow um and that's uh you know a significant investment in both both of those campuses um and then we also took the decision to appoint tom boland as the new program executive director uh for the consortium so he's a former head of the higher education authority um really knows uh, universities and higher ed really well and this is about um the next step really which is bringing the two uh, campuses together uh, and going ahead and getting this university up and running for the southeast as soon as possible and something i'm a, I'm a big supporter of and um, really want to see it done quickly
1: well that's very positive news this morning but what are the expected timelines from here and what are the broad-based benefits that you see the technological university bringing to the southeast region
0: Well, some of the timeline is dependent on the industrial relations issues being resolved. Uh, And as you know, there has to be a a favourable ballot uh, by the staff in both campuses. But, you know, I'm told that's nearing completion. So, you know, I would say by 2022, uh, you know, a year and a bit, we should have this... um, technology university up and running if not before Um, and it's going to be I think a a real benefit for the region like we know what UL did for Limerick we know what DCU did for the north side of Dublin Um, and this will be a real benefit for the southeast because what it'll mean is more students staying in the region students coming in from other regions international students coming in Uh, it'll be easier to get investment like IDA type investment uh, into the region when there's a university there Uh, and also universities tend to spin off new businesses and one of the things that um, the southeast has suffered from historically is um, a, 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 is an absence of you know those kind of well-paid jobs um, unemployment has gone down a lot but um, the South has kind of lost out in terms of some of those kind of well-paid jobs and and having a, a university in the South I think would be a game-changer in that regard.
1: Well there's no doubting that this university would become one of the key economic drivers for the region in the years ahead. Now tarnished a much-hyped July job stimulus was unveiled last week. But what are the main supports that this new initiative has introduced for SMEs? Well, it's a €5
0: billion package altogether, uh, €7 if you include loan guarantees. So uh, it's a big package. It's bigger than what you'd see in most annual budgets. And uh, what it's all about is helping businesses to get open, uh, to stay open if they are open, and uh, to get people back to work. So from the point of view of a small business, uh, it, the main things would be um, a commercial rates holiday for six months for almost all businesses uh, a restart grant of between 4000 and 25000 uh, depending on um, the size of the business and how, how many employees they have uh, and uh, also um, uh, for example, the, the VAT cut, which will benefit the retail businesses in particular, about a 2% reduction uh, in the main VAT rate for six months. And then a special spend, uh, stay and spend initiative uh, for the tourism sector and the restaurants and pubs and so on. So um, that's the mainstay of the package. But um, obviously, as well, a, a big thing for employers will be that the, the wage subsidy scheme. Uh, which had been due to end quite soon, that's now going to run through until the spring of next year and it'll be modified so that um, you can take people on who weren't on the payroll back in February and also some businesses that weren't eligible will now become eligible.
1: And of course the wage subsidy scheme continues to provide a lifeline for many businesses across the country. However, this scheme has been replaced by the Employment Wage Support Scheme from September for seven months. Under the new scheme, the subsidy paid to employers is being reduced by over 50% from €410 to €203 per employee per week. Surely this will lead to an avalanche of redundancies in quarter four of this year? Well,
0: the maximum subsidy is being reduced, um, but the scheme is being extended. So the plan was that it was going to end uh, in August, Um, but now we've taken the decision to extend it well into next year. Um, in Northern Ireland and in Britain, for example, it's ending October. We thought that would be too soon, um, particularly with Brexit coming. So we're extending it to spring of next year. Uh, The maximum amount is reduced, but it it does depend on how much um, you're paying the staff and how much um, uh, you're claiming. Um, uh, I don't think it will lead to uh, an increase in redundancies, but I do need to be honest as well, is that like any of these actions that were put in place for the pandemic, they are temporary and they can't last forever so in the same way as the pandemic unemployment payment is being phased out over six months uh, something similar is going to happen with the wage subsidy scheme but we're giving businesses uh, this lifeline for as long as possible um, but there will be some businesses unfortunately that will have to lay off staff but uh, we want to give them uh, as much of a chance as possible to keep on as many staff as they can and, and also one of the changes and this is a very positive change uh, is businesses can take people on that weren't already employees so under the existing wage subsidy scheme you have to have been on the payroll back in february Uh, that has now changed so seasonal workers and you know people who are just out of school or just out of college you'll be able to take them on under the new scheme
1: but tarnished in the event that redundancies do become an unintended consequence of the reduction of the subsidy has the government the contingency plan in place to revise the scheme
0: Yes, uh, is a short answer. You know, we'll have a budget in October, and uh, obviously, we'll see how things develop between now and then. Both in terms of what happens with the virus and what happens with the economy, and if we need to make changes, we can make them in October, or if not, at a later stage. And you know, we have to be very nim- nimble and very agile uh, when it comes to responding to this, this pandemic, uh, just as businesses have. <laughs> so, um, so it, the possibility is there to make further changes. But one thing we're doing as well as part of the July stimulus is, is we're putting about two hundred million euros uh, into. Um, education, training, work experience, um, uh, back to enterprise opportunities, because we do appreciate that there are some people who unfortunately won't be able to go back to their old jobs. So we're putting in place about 75,000, 80,000 other opportunities, particularly around education, training, reskilling, work experience schemes and so on.
1: And looking ahead to spring 2021, under what circumstances would the government consider extending the Employment Wage Support Scheme beyond the 31st of march
0: um i think we have to see how things develop obviously uh there is the risk and it's only a risk and hopefully it won't happen of a second wave of the virus uh which would have a second hit on the economy uh, and that's one of the things that we would have to consider uh or particularly you know if there's a particular sector that hasn't been able to reopen you know people will understand that um uh, you know uh, certain elements of the economy like pubs like live events like uh, theaters haven't been able to open yet so we may have to give some consideration down the line to extending it for certain sectors but for the moment that's not what we're doing it's it's based on on the firm and uh, the fall and turnover in your firm.
1: And of course, the Jobs Plus scheme is providing subsidies of up to €7,500 over two years for employers to hire job seekers under 30. This will equate to between 10 and 20% of their annual salary. But do you think that this will be sufficient to stimulate meaningful recruitment activity?
0: Well, that is, you know, a long-standing scheme. Uh, Jobs Plus, it's been around a long time and it's designed to encourage employers to um, take people off the live register and to give them a chance. Um, it's often people who, you know, are younger or maybe don't have much work experience and could find it hard to get a job and by partially subsidising the employment, um, uh, it, it encourages employers to, you know, employers who are thinking of taking somebody on but they're not sure if they can afford it, giving them that subsidy um, might tip the the dial if you like or tip the needle in favor of them taking somebody on and if they are taking somebody on taking somebody on who's uh on the live register or, or younger or receipt of the pandemic unemployment payment so has worked in the past in times of high unemployment and we thought it was a good idea to uh, refresh it and make it a little bit, little bit better for employers
1: now the restart grant has also been providing valuable financial grants to rate paying businesses but what changes have been made to this scheme
0: Okay, so under the initial restart grant, um, the minimum amount was 2,000, that's gone up to 4,000. The maximum amount was 10,000, that's gone up to 25,000. And it used to be only for um, businesses that were rateable and businesses that had fewer than 50 employees. So that's now changed to fewer than 250 employees, so taking in a lot more businesses, um, medium-sized businesses, and uh, also we're including uh, some businesses that wouldn't be rateable, for example, like charity shops and B&Bs and even rateable sports clubs in, in some cases. Uh, if you've got the grant already, um, you can apply for a top-up. Uh, some councils are going to do that automatically, <laughs> I encourage them to do it, uh, others won't. Um, our can't for various reasons but uh, if you've got the grant already uh, and you would have got more if you applied for the new grant if you you, you get me uh, you'll get the top up and you get the difference it's not just for some people think it's just for adaptions to the business to deal with social distancing and so on that's not the case it's really for any costs that you need to cover to get your business up and running again and indeed to help cover some of the costs that businesses did incur while they were closed
1: nick ashmore of the strategic banking corporation of ireland recently joined me on the show. And he stated that there was a need in the market for a longer-term credit facility that would enable businesses to combine all of their existing debt. It was widely expected that the credit guarantee scheme would be this product. However, with an upper limit of €1 million and a maximum term of six years, does it really satisfy this need?
0: Well, I'll be talking to uh, Nick Ashmore of the SBCI myself in the next couple of days, so I'll definitely talk that through with him. What we're offering with this new loan guarantee is um, business loans to businesses at a much lower rate than they would currently get, a much lower interest rate than than they would currently get on the commercial market. So, you know, roughly speaking, uh, it will depend on the bank, will depend on the product, will depend on the business. Um, There'll be an interest rate period with no repayments for between 6 and 12 months, and then after that, the interest rate will be in around 3%, three to four percent and that would be much more attractive than what businesses can currently access Um, but we do appreciate that for a lot of businesses they don't want to uh, incur any debt most businesses in ireland don't have any debt Um, but some may need to or some may have loans that are maturing and this will allow them to uh, roll over those loans or refinance those loans at a lower rate
1: now for business losses that can be directly attributed to covid19 it is now permissible for these businesses to carry back trading losses and receive an immediate refund on corporation tax previously paid. But how can businesses apply for this corporation tax refund?
0: Uh, That will be done through the revenue. So the way it works is that if you're a business and you made a profit last year, uh, and obviously if you made a profit last year, you paid corporation profit tax on that, um, but you're going to have a... a, um a loss this year you'll be able to claim back half of that corporation profit tax you paid last year and this also applies to self-employed as well because you know a lot of business people um, are self-employed uh, and if you paid income tax last year but face a loss this year you'll be able to claim back half of the income tax that you paid last year and that'll all be done through, through Ross and through the revenue
1: Tornishta to over three weeks ago Microfinance Ireland suspended new loan applications which could not have happened at a worse time for many cash-strapped SMEs but when will applications reopen?
0: It should be very soon if they haven't already because we signed off on more money for Microfinance Ireland only the other day. Uh, so um, if they haven't already started those, those loans, uh, they should be very shortly and uh, actually the Microfinance loans proved to be very successful. Um, we do know that a lot of businesses don't want to incur any debt but uh, the Microfinance loans um, uh, actually proved to be very popular and they're for businesses with you know, nine employees or fewer. Uh, and we provide additional finance so that they can uh, write more loans.
1: Now, tourism has undoubtedly been one of the hardest hit sectors by COVID 19, and in recognition of this, the government has introduced a new stay and spend incentive. How does this scheme work, and what is the rationale for restricting the scheme to the months of October to April?
0: Okay, well the way it's going to work is that um, if you spend more than 25 euros, um, the cap is 625, but if you spend more than 25 euros, uh, you know, on a um, a hotel stay uh, somewhere in Ireland or maybe um, a meal out in your local restaurant uh, if you're helping the tourism and hospitality sector what you can do is you can claim back 20% of what you spend um in your income tax so people will be familiar with you know putting in their receipts for kind of medical bills and things like that and then getting the tax back it's the same principle although it's going to be very easy t- easy to operate um, there'll be an app and essentially people will just have to take a photograph of the receipt and send it to the revenue that way and they'll get it back uh, in their taxes. Um, Two reasons why it's going to happen between October and April. One, it does take a couple of weeks, you know, to get the legislation through and um, and get the system up and running. Uh, And then secondly, we wanted to target that what they call the off-season or the shoulder season. Um, You know, a lot of hotels, restaurants might be busy enough, you know, in August and September when people are still taking uh, their summer break, but they're going to have a very difficult period, even harder than they're facing now, I think in that period in October, November before Christmas, and we wanted it to target in that way so that the extra custom would come in in the time when uh, they'd be least busy.
1: And of course, Taunashta, you have access to more economic data than most so what is your economic outlook for the next 12 months?
0: Um, well, I'm afraid it's all going to depend on, on two factors. Uh, one is um, what happens with the virus, and the other is um, what kind of agreement we have with the UK when it comes to uh, Brexit. And you'll know in the Southeast the kind of work that we're doing, and Ross, there your report, to prepare for um, that, and that could have a big impact, particularly on the agri-food sector. So um, I think anybody who's making economic projections now is um, is is in a, in, a, in a risky space because... Um, because those things create such uncertainty um, but I'm confident that whatever happens we will get through this and you know because the country has been managed well in the last couple of years because we've restored our reputation internationally we have been able to borrow uh, a lot of money uh, on the markets about 30 billion euros will be borrowed this year uh, and we're injecting that into the economy to limit the damage um, so I think uh, w- the economy will probably shrink by between 8 and 10% this year. Um, we'll grow back next year, but not by that amount, maybe 5 or 6%. But for the reasons why I said, it's anyone's guess. But we just need to keep working through this and doing the right thing.
1: And finally, Tornishta, on the topic of Brexit, are you confident that we will have a workable trade deal in place by the year-end?
0: Uh, on the balance of probabilities I, I think that we will have a trade agreement with with the uk um, political brexit has happened already um they've left the eu institutions and left the eu formally But economic brexit hasn't happened yet and that will happen uh on th- on the first of january next year um i think on the balance of probabilities we will get a deal with the uk but the problem with it is is whatever deal we get, it won't be as good as what we have, which is um, both countries being in the single market. So there will be changes, um, there will be checks, uh, there will be extra bureaucracy, unfortunately, and, and a cost for business associated with all of that. What we want to avoid, though, is any quotas uh, or tariffs, um, because uh, that's what would really hit our exports, particularly uh, in that agri-food sector, which um, uh, has really been suffering.
1: Well, if you've just tuned in, that was to Leo Vradger, and I would like to thank the Tawnishta for taking the time to join us on this morning show.
0: Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.